Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Eric Hansen, Senior Leader of Destiny Church. This message begins a new series entitled, Walk the Talk. Listen in as we follow Jesus' example of helping the hurting and hungry. Following the message, take a look at the episode description to see scripture references, as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. here this morning. I, uh, it's, a, it's a good day, and we should be grateful, and we should be thankful that God woke us up this morning and uh, said, okay, we're going to give you another, we're gonna give you another uh, crack around the sun. No, wait. A sun is 365 days, right? So one more orbit. Anyway, leave that to the scientists. We'll leave that to them. So we get another day, another sunshine, another sunrise, and yesterday was a beautiful day. thought a lot about being grateful and thankful, and you don't want to be a complainer. Um, when you complain, it's like praise is to Jesus, complaining is to the devil. So when you complain, the devil goes, great, awesome, keep complaining, I love it. So we need to curtail our complaining and magnify our thankfulness, and um, I'm very grateful to be here today, grateful to be with you. I want to talk about uh, Jesus. Jesus is a good topic for the church. A lot of churches are centered on the Bible, which is great, and I think the Bible is awesome. And we're centered on a creed, or we're centered, listen, the thing you need to be centered on is Jesus. Let's just get centered on Jesus. Um, creeds are great, we're Bible-believing, or we're this version of, listen, that's all wonderful stuff, but at the end of the day, uh, Jesus died for you, and he loves you. And um, he had a lot of teaching. Now imagine a piece of paper with a 12-size font that has a one-inch margin. And um, you would end up with about 30,000 words with 60 pages. That's how much Jesus spoke in the New Testament. If you take a red-letter edition of the Bible and you find his words, you're going to find about 30,000 Words. We said, how, how many is 30,000 words? Well, you'll see here that the, the U.S. Constitution has 4,500 words. The U.S. Constitution has 4,500 words. So for comparison's sake, it would be like having six copies of the United States Constitution. That's how much Jesus spoke. And he teached, taught, and preached a lot. And um, his topics, which we've all studied... For years who've known the Lord, we talk about the kingdom of God here within and around us. Forgiveness, great topic. Repentance, fantastic topic. Salvation by faith, could preach a series forever on salvation by faith. Mercy and compassion, the new covenant, the top seven, uh, a call to follow him, and number seven, eternal life. These are the topics that Jesus spoke about a lot. Words are great. Words are powerful, but a lot of words, 30,000 is a lot of words. Um, politicians like words, don't they? <laughs> they use a lot of words, and sometimes they talk for three minutes, and you go, I don't know what he talked about right there. And so um, it, it's not so much what the politician tells you he's going to do. It's what the politician actually does. It's not what he says when he's standing in front of his constituents when he's singing to the choir. It's when he's on the floor of the United States Senate and he casts a vote. What did he do? And does his life match his rhetoric? Defund the police, but except for me, I need to have my own police, my own personal. Y'all shouldn't have guns, but the people around me should have guns to protect me. I digress, I'm just having a venting moment for the state of Illinois here just for a second or two as we go to catchless bail next week and you have to start registering your guns on October 1st, according to statute. So anyway, I back, I'm back. Actions speak, say it with me, louder than words. Don't tell me, show me. And so we're gonna start a series. I think it's maybe five, six weeks long, I'm not quite sure. 
entitled Walk the Talk. And today we're going to be talking about helping the hurting and the hungry. But we have a theme verse for the series, and it's found in 1 John 3, 18, and it says this. It's what I texted you this morning. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Read it with me. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with, but with what? And in truth, 1 John 3, 18. So obviously Jesus taught a lot, 30,000 words, that's a lot. But what about his primary actions? You gotta walk the talk. Talk is cheap. Stop talking, start doing. Big talkers. You've been around a big talker before, then they got a little less talk and a lot more action. Don't tell me, show me. And people don't care how much you know until you show them how much you care. So, because actions speak louder than words, I wanna take a few minutes now and I wanna examine what Jesus did, okay? So understand what's happening here. I'm not here to talk about a systematic theology on the forgiveness of sins, and we're gonna understand theologically and have an intellectual conversation, an intellectual assent to an understanding that yes, these are the principles, these are the precepts, this is our mission statement. I'll tell you what, you could go to probably every mission state, every church in this town and it has a mission statement, who cares? Are they doing their mission statement? You can go to every denomination and say, well, let me see your creed. Well, here's your creed. Well, that sounds like a decent creed. Then you go on to a Sunday morning service and they're waving the LGBTQ flag. Now, I've had people leave this church over those types of comments before, but I'm not gonna back down. It's just not right. What do you practice on a Sunday morning makes a difference. Not just what your, not just what your denominational bylaws or your constitution or whatever document that you, the, the mission statement or what, listen, that's all great, that, that's just words. What are you doing? What is, your, what is it like to observe you as a Christian? Well, I'm a Christian, great words. I'm a Christian, fantastic words. You might even have a Jesus tattoo and a Jesus bumper sticker. Way to go. But you drive like the devil. Are you feeling me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? All right, that's what we're gonna be talking about for the next several weeks. Not a bunch of words, but actions. So we're talking about, today we're talking about Jesus helping the hurting and the hungry. I'm gonna give you quickly a few examples of him helping the hurting. Um, some of my favorites, because the list is very lengthy. I like when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter in Matthew chapter nine, it's a miracle that uh, Jairus come and asked Jesus to perform, and he says, okay, I'll go. But along the way, the woman with the issue of blood came and interrupted the little parade off to Jairus' house. And, I, and I, I often put myself in Jairus' position that I've come to Jesus, I've gotten Jesus' attention, Jesus has agreed to come to my house, and now we're, we're going off to my house so that he can heal my dying daughter. And then this woman interrupts him I'd be like, get away from him. I got him now, it's my turn. Jesus is like, oh, we'll take care of everybody, just relax. And he goes to her house, and he, he goes to Jairus' house and heals that little child. Actions speak louder than words. You have to walk your talk, you have to. Well, let me rephrase that. You don't have to, you can be a hypocrite if you want. And the church is full of hypocrites. That's why we're here, because we realize we're hypocrites. See, now it just got really real. You guys didn't know whether to say amen or not there. Hey, say amen, Pastor, I'm a hypocrite. No, no, no. Yeah, that's why we're here. Well, you, you're a hypocrite. You, you, you go to church and you're, listen, that's why we're here is because we realize that our life often doesn't match what we say we believe. Excuse me, Siri's having a conversation with me. I need to turn her off, thank you. They're always, they're always listening, aren't they? 
we ought to have a Sunday morning service, no television cameras. Y'all leave your phones out in the hallway and your iWatches and your Apple Watch and your Androids. Leave all those devices out there and then we can have just a really good conversation in here. Actions speak louder than words. Then secondly, he healed the demon-possessed man. I love this. In the book of Mark chapter five, where he healed legion, the man who had a legion of demons in the region of the Gadareans up around uh, the Sea of Galilee. You know who he was? He was a cutter. He was a cutter. That's what it says in the Bible. He cut himself every day. He just sat up in the tombs, totally depressed, oppressed. He cut himself all day long. Jesus loved cutters. Jesus went out of his way to be with them. And to, he didn't, thou shalt not cut. No, he says, where's the cutters? Let me heal them. Let me minister to them, the hurting. Blind Bartimaeus, actually a beggar too, because that's what you did to make money if you were blind. Jesus was on his way, he was going through Jericho, I've been there. Here's Jesus, I mean, talk about an important person. Do you think you're important sometimes? Unfortunately, I do, and I have to remind myself, I'm not that important. You're not nearly as important as you think you are, by the way. Um, because <laughs> you think the whole world revolves around you. I mean, let me say, let me, let me rephrase it. I think the whole world revolves around me sometimes, right? Like when I'm looking for a parking spot. Like nobody else needs that pot but me. And how dare them put their blinker on to think they're gonna get into that parking spot. I was here first. I just didn't happen to have my blinker on. Now I have my blinker on. I know you saw me turn mine on late, but it's still mine. Isn't that how we live sometimes? Jesus stopped everything at the cry of a beggar. And sometimes we just wanna roll up our windows, lock our doors, and keep looking straight ahead. I said sometimes when we encounter a beggar, we just wanna roll up our window, lock our doors, and keep looking straight ahead. Sometimes. And the one that gets me every time, and I love to preach it, and I'm not preaching any of these today. These are just, uh, we're in a... Black, Black Hawk helicopter, we're flying very quickly over the tops of some mountains. We're just dropping some grenades and having fun along the way with the healing of Malchus in the Garden of Gethsemane where, where uh, he is the servant of the high priest when they came to arrest Jesus. I mean, Malchus, who is he? We don't even, the only reason we know his name is because Peter cut his ear off. Remember the story? By the way, that means Peter was either concealed carry or open carry. I don't know which he was, but he did have... He did have the ability to defend the master with him. And he took a swipe, not at Malchus's ear, but at Malchus's throat. Malchus just happened to duck out of the way. I'm sure Peter wasn't aiming for his ear. And so here you are, you're Jesus. And here's Malchus. He's the servant of the high priest. Malchus is probably like, I just gotta go. You know, I don't know that he had a mission other than just to like hang out and be a gawker you know, be a rubbernecker. And so he, he's like checking it out and he gets his ear cut off, but he was there because he wanted Jesus arrested like the rest of them. He gets his ear cut off and in the midst of the hubbub of that moment, Jesus goes, hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Picks up the ear and then puts it back on Malchus's head. The person that came to see him arrested, the person that wanted him dead, the person that had no love for him at all, Jesus stopped and healed his ear. Well, I'll help somebody if they're hurting, if they've done me favors before. But when they do me nasty, I'm still supposed to bless them? Jesus could say that all day long. He could preach it for weeks and weeks. He could use 30,000 words about how you should love your enemy. But then he actually did it because he was somebody that walked his talk. The world is full of words, ladies and gentlemen. We use them a lot. The question is whether or not we do the praxis of what it is that we believe. That's how Jesus helped the hurting. Actions speak louder than words. You gotta walk your talk. Well, what about this hungry thing? Well, you know that Jesus fed how many? 5,000, right? That's the story. It's well-worn. We know the story well. Five loaves, two fish, 5,000 men, plus women and children. It could have been as many as 10,000 people. It's in the book of Matthew. The little boy surrendered his little, his little sack lunch, and next thing you know, 5,000 men got fed that day. He didn't have to. In fact, the disciples said, 
you know what? It's gonna be a lot of hassle. It costs a lot of money to feed them. Tell them to go away. Tell them to go away. Lord said, no, you got a job to do because the disciples are the ones that had to pass it out and they did. But you know, there's another story of feeding of the 4,000. I said, well, that's the same as the story of the feeding of the 5,000. No, it's both of them are in the, in the book of Matthew and they're right after each other. You may not be familiar with the feeding of the 4,000 because everybody preaches about the feeding of the 5,000, but the preaching of the 4,000 is just as miraculous. Well, they had two more fish. It was seven fish and two loaves. That's how you know it's another story. And Matthew recounts it. And then again, baskets left over. Seven baskets were left over that day. He fed 4,000 men. Ah, then turning water to wine. They'd run out. They run out of wine. Certainly not drinking water. You don't drink water. You don't drink third world water. Don't do that. Highly encourage you not to. So you need to drink something that's been fermented, purified. Or, yeah. So anyway, Jesus cared enough. And then where he made fish appear. You're fishing all night long. I go like this, but of course they were throwing, they were throwing nets. And what's the, what's the question that's asked every fisherman? Hey, did you catch any fish? You know, hey, did you catch any fish? No one wants to hear that if you don't have any fish. <laughs> if you got lots of fish on the stringer or in the live well, you've had a great day. You're saying, I hope they come close enough to ask me how many fish I have caught. Well, we hadn't caught any fish. And here's this figure on the shoreline who calls out, hey, have you caught any fish? He goes, no, I haven't caught any fish. Now imagine, that. be with me, I like to fish. You're with me in the boat, and we've been fishing all night, haven't caught any fish. And a wiseacre <laughs> says, well, have you tried the other side of the boat? You're like, what? <laughs> what? Did you not hear what I said? I've, feed, I've, I've fished all night long. Don't you think I've tried the other side of the boat by now? But because of their obedience, and then I love it. They caught all the fish, and, it, and then it dawns on Peter, it's Jesus, and he swims to the shore, which is interesting, because he leaves the very blessing the Lord had given him because he realized the Lord was more important than the blessing. Sometimes he blesses us with something, a job. Oh, it's so important now, I can't come to church. Bless us just with a child. Oh, God gave us a child finally, and then you can't make it to church. Gosh, it gets quiet when you talk like that. But we have to remember that the giver is better than the gift. Ask Isaac and Abraham. I mean, isn't that what you told your child when they irritated you? I'll take you out and make another one just like you. It's not hard. Jesus says, it's not hard. If I did it once, I can do it again. I'll take care of you. Just love me. Love me. Then by the time Peter, and, and again, I'm not here to, this is all by way of introduction. So it's really hard for me to preach to you seven or eight different wonderful little stories and not end up preaching them. But, but when, when, when Peter and the disciples actually got to the beach, you know what was going on? Jesus had already started a fire and already had fish cooking for them. And they didn't have to use their own fish. Jesus said, I got you. He knew they were hungry. They'd fished all night long. Jesus' actions. Who were these people? These were people that had denied him. Now, pretend for a second you're Jesus and all your friends deserted you and let you hang and die on a cross. And now they've been fishing all night and they haven't caught any. Serves you right. Serves you right. See what you get? You deny me, you're catching no fish. Ha! Ah. Not Jesus. Jesus had compassion on the hurting and the hungry. I mean, I don't know what your reaction would be to the 12 disciples if they showed up after they denied you. Be like, but Jesus goes, no, I love you. I'll take care of you. I'll help you. Jesus preached 30,000 words. That's 60 pages of text if you type it all out. He cared for the hurting and the hungry. So the question is, how do we Walk our talk. In America, primarily, and in first world countries, as Ryan refers to, we often do by proxy. 
because we're affluent. You say, I'm not affluent. Yes, you are. You're very affluent by worldly standards. People do things for you. And so if you can't do it or you don't want to do it, you hire someone to do it. You hire someone to cut your grass. Ryan likes changing his oil. I hate changing my oil. I pay people to change my oil for me. Why is that? By proxy, I think that's a good thing. I need to change my oil every 3,000, every 5,000. That's a good thing. Listen to my words. Change your oil every 5,000 miles. Listen to my words. Well, I don't want to do that. I get my hands dirty. I should pay someone who likes getting their hands dirty or has no other job but to get their hands dirty. So I will pay them. They will be my proxy. They will do what I know, what I speak should be done. Are are you hearing me? And so I do. What happens in that consumer mentality is it gets overlaid in the church, particularly let's say we have missionaries. Well, we support missionaries, and so what we do is we send money to them. Well, we send money to them because it's important that they have, I mean, they eat food like we eat food, right? And so they're in third world countries where the American dollar isn't what it is here, and so we wanna bless them and we wanna help support them. Well, Eric, why do you send a missions team to Guatemala? Why do you send 10 people, 15 people, 20 people? Because something happens when you go get your own hands dirty. To that, at- you need to turn off airplane mode. <laughs> I turned her to airplane mode thinking she couldn't hear me. But now she can still hear me. So now I have to kill her. There. She's been killed. I have killed Siri. I think. I think she's still listening, honestly. But you understand, by proxy, we pay people to do things that we don't want to do individually. We also do it as the church. We'll let the church do it. It's fine. We don't mind. We're more than happy to do it. But at the end of the day, my concern is that you walk your talk, not just with giving money, because that's the American way. I mean, look at America today. We got a problem with, name fill in the blank. We got a problem with drugs. We got a problem with this. We got a problem with that. What's the government's solution? Wad up a bunch of money and just throw throw more money at it. So we have to walk our talk. We have to have responsibility. We need to get our own hands dirty and I'm gonna help you learn how to do that in this series and today. And we're all gonna be really uncomfortable with it. And we're gonna enjoy being uncomfortable with it. Aren't we? Because we're Christians. Excuse me, I was going through puberty there for a second. What happened to my voice? We're Christians. I saw this uh, just last week. I saw a guy, it was, remember when it was really hot? Like just a week or so ago, it was like in the 90s. A guy had bought like a case of water and he went down to where the homeless hang out, where there's some picnic tables, and he set out like three bottles of water on every picnic. Nobody was there. He wasn't, he was, he just said, hey, I'm here to be a blessing. There wasn't like, Jesus loves you on the water bottle, call Destiny Church, 52267. No, it's just, I'm just gonna do this because it's what good people do. It's what Christians do. You could donate a coat or a hat or gloves. How about grow a garden? Not for yourself, but all the produce that gets picked every day, you just take it to a shelter somewhere or you take it to a food place. Well, that'd be a lot of work. Yeah, it would be a lot of work. But you could help some people. You have the ability to do it. Some people don't, they don't even have a house, let alone a yard. And you spend three hours a week out there trimming your grass and growing grass. What an American thing. I'm not talking about weed you smoke, you stoner. I'm talking about grass in your yard. You're out there putting, you're out there putting fertilizer on it so it grows faster so you have to cut it more. What's up with that? And people don't even have a yard. You got lots of room for your yard. I'm not trying to guilt anybody into anything. Please understand. I got a yard and I should probably have a garden too. These are just ideas of a way that we can be activated to make sure that our actions line up with our thoughts and what we say we believe. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of hypocrites extraordinaire. 
buy a bag of groceries every time you bag a, buy a bag of groceries and then donate it to someone. Or for every five bags you buy, you bag, buy a bag for somebody else. Well, I don't know who to give it to. Then give it to somebody else, but better you do it yourself. Change your own oil. Find someone that you know could use it. Hmm. Help someone who broke down on the side of the road. I really like doing this. What has slowed me though in the years is because, oh, they got a cell phone. They got a cell phone. They can call somebody, but I'll still slow down now. Hey, you all right? You need any help? Sometimes they say, yeah, I do need help. Widows, man, there's a whole package right there to unload. Helping in their homes, with their yards. I mean, I'm no spring chicken. I could use some help, you know what I'm saying? But you talk, now, now, now let's say you're 80 years old. My mom's 84, 84, widow, at home, and just picking up sticks in the yard is a big deal. Mowing the grass, cleaning the gutters. Well, those people should be independent. Yeah, they're trying their best to be independent, but we ought to help them where we can. I would like what the Children's Church did just a couple weeks ago. They uh, sent home little bag, if you have a child in Children's Church with Pastor Ashley, they sent home little bags and with a list of things that you could buy to help people that don't have a home. And so Davina was so excited. Right after church, I had her in the truck and we, she was like, I wanna go fill this bag. So we went to the dollar store, like the real, do- excuse me, we went to the dollar quarter store and, <laughs> and not, what's the real dollar? It's the Dollar Tree. Because Dollar General is a scam. Just telling you right now. Somebody had a picture the other day of a, of, of a big dirt mound. And it's underneath it, it said, don't dig that up. That's a Dollar General about to give birth. <laughs> They're everywhere. Right? So we filled the whole bag. We brought them back. And then there's like 20 bags or something. Where's Levi? There's Levi. Levi, stand up. We love you. Levi uh, is an evangelist to the city. And he says, I'll help you. And he had some teenagers, they got together and you guys went around and and passed them out, right? Perfect, that's wonderful. Being involved, doing something. I've gone to keeping extra water bottles in my my vehicle. You know, homeless people, I mean, well those people, they're just scammers. They just sit on the corner in front of Walmart all day long, that's their job. And they're, but you know what? Some of them, and you have to be sensitive to the Spirit. You gotta listen to the Holy Spirit. But my wife and I, we were, where were we? Down on South 5th Street or South 6th Street in front of that little statue of the guy made out of uh, bolts and nuts or whatever that is down there. Where the, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the regular spots, you know? But he was just sitting there. He had a sign, anything will help or whatever. You know, I'm like, I got a bottle of water. You know what? He ran over to the car. He said, thank you. And he said, God bless you for a bottle of water. I mean, what would it take to buy an extra case of of water and just keep it in the back of your car? At least you're giving them a glass of water in Jesus' name. Well, I don't have five dollars. I'm sure they'll take whatever you would give them. They're not saying, give me $10. me." Listen, if I took a poll right now, how many could use an extra $50? Every hand in the room would go up. Of course. Of course you'd take it. Here's a guy who says, I'll take anything. You give him a bottle of water. I'm just throwing out ideas. Hopefully one of them will stick. So what do we do? Jesus cared for the physical needs of hurting and hungry. If we're his disciples, what should we do? Right? Here's our teacher. He's our guru. He's our grandmaster. We are the Padawan. We are the beginner. We are the novice. We say we are disciples. We will do whatever it is that we see you do. Not just what you say, but what you do, okay? Jesus stands up and he preaches Sermon on the Mount, the best sermon ever preached, and he gets done preaching. Then he goes out and kicks the cat or the dog or doesn't like it. That's not how this works. He preaches and then he goes and does it. Okay, if that's what he does, what should we do? Should we just go and stare at the back of somebody's head for an hour on Sunday morning, consider it good? Just put our couple dollars in the offering plate and let somebody else change the oil? Or should we actually, should we even, how dare I think that we should be, not just, not just think, but actually do what he says we should do as we're his, so what should we do? Here's five things you can do. Take a photo of these. Number one, Washington Street Mission, number one. Take a photo of that if you want. Call Pastor Steve. Say, I wanna help. What do you wanna do? He'll take anything. I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago. 
goes, is there anybody in your church that would make a meal? They don't even have to make a meal. He goes, if there's somebody just wants to come serve, or if you all want to serve, or just two of you want to serve, or 11 of you, or 20, 50 of you, we'll take whatever you can do, but just come on down and serve a meal. Put some little plastic gloves on and hand rolls to homeless people because we don't have anybody to do that. Just ladle soup into a cup and give it to a homeless person. That would be really Christian. And not because, oh, Destiny Church isn't. No, you. Stop looking to one-stop oil. Are you feeling me? Stop looking to one-stop oil to placate, to, to abate the gnaw inside of you that says you're not doing what you say you do and follow who you say you follow. So that's a great place. Go do that. Here's another one you can take a picture of. I talked to Suzanne Moss this week. Suzanne Moss is the executive director of Springfield Right to Life. They have a little uh, uh, house that's just down a door next to Planned Parenthood here in town. Planned Parenthood is an evil institution. You don't like that? I'm sorry, it is an evil institution. How do I know that? It's because they murder babies, not just on Mondays or Tuesdays, but every single day in our city, they kill babies. They inject saline syringes into a mother's stomach, into her womb, or they give her a pill, or they scrape her uterus of a baby. Every day in this town, every day in this town. Well, what could you do? I called her, I said, what, what could they do? What could our people do? I'll tell you what, she says, it's amazing. This is even the Planned Parenthood statistics. When there's someone standing out on the sidewalk out front, doing nothing, saying nothing, being a silent witness. Yes, you can pray. Yes, you can hold a sign. You can do all the other kind of stuff. I'm not asking for violence. I'm asking you just to be a silent witness. Jesus loves you. Something, whatever. She goes, by Planned Parenthood's own admission, 70% reduction in abortions on the days that people stand on the street corner. 70, this is from her mouth to me this week. There's a 70% reduction in the number of cars that go into that parking lot because here's this scared mom and, and whatever. She's pulling out, oh, there's people I, I can't, I can't let anybody see, I don't, and they drive away. So just, just simple, I mean, jo, where's Joey? Where's Joey? There's Joey. Joey was a day of remembrance. 65 million babies have been killed in America since Roe versus Wade. Oh, well, well, there's this state doing that and this state doing that. Let me tell you what, Illinois, it wants to be the abortion center of the Midwest. J.B. Pritzker's evil ways. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a billboard down in St. Louis that says, welcome to Illinois where you can come and have an abortion, no problem. Abortion is murder. If you've done one, and obviously they're in a, in a congregation this size, there are people that have participated in abortion, whether you paid for it or whether you actually had an abortion, there's forgiveness for you. There's a do-over. We all are appreciative of the fact that God gives us another crack at it. So you say, forgive me, Lord. I, I, I need a fresh start. Help me. And you know what? God forgives you. And when you, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I've had an abortion, and, and would you pray for me? I'm just, well, have you asked God to forgive? Yeah, Perfect. Well, you're, you're, you're a liar and you're an adulterer and you're a, you're a drunk and you were, you were, you were. Paul was a murderer. Come on. So talk to Suzanne. Number three, volunteer over the Dream Center. We've got our own clothing closet and our own food shelter right next door. Where's Jill? Jill's here. Stand up, Jill. Jill's the new executive director at the, at the Dream Center next door. <clears throat> the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You ask anybody that leads a ministry, I could use more workers. I need more workers. I need more people. I need more, not just, listen, praise the Lord, somebody gave the, the, the Dream Center a quarter million dollars. That's great. Fantastic. We can get a hot water heater, we can fix broken windows, we can do all that, but when it comes down to handing out fruit cups in an after-school program to homeless kids or, or helping in the clothing shelter or helping, the, we need people. They need people. So if you wanna help the Dream Center, food bank, clothing closet, or anything, if none of that even, you just tell them what you, whatever it is that you do, they can use that skill, 100%. 
See Jill. I don't know whose phone number. That's the, that's the Dream Center's phone number. That's not your phone number, is it? Good. She'll give it out if, she wants, if, you, if you want it. Beerla High Roy, Hike for Babies. Our Doug and Kim Field in the house. They're probably out speaking in another church. This is a home for women who have chosen to keep their babies and not have them aborted. They came to me 25 years ago, I think it was, in my office down on Carpenter Recline at First Assembly of God. Said, we wanna start this ministry. I said, you go for it, which is my typical response for people that wanna start it. You do it, awesome. And we've stood with them all these years. But you know what it takes to run another whole household for people? I mean, we, we just barely getting by. They believe by faith to buy another house, to have people live in that house, to feed them food free of charge, and to have a house and all that stuff. They just, out of thin air. No, by the providence and the goodness of God, they stepped out and, and faith met them where faith, where they reached up, God reached down. But they could use some help. Well, we give them money. I think I just got a thank you letter from, uh, where's Ryan? I think we just got a thank you letter for like, we gave them $1,300 for the last thing that we did with the baby bottles or whatever. We're, we, we sew into Beer La High Roy as your one-stop auto shop. Okay, that's good. We're more than happy to do that. But if that all went to zero and you all decided to go work at Beer La High Roy, uh, or you went to work at the Matthew Project with, with Miss Ann Liebre and help homeless kids in town, I mean, you've got to do something. Listen, I'm just throwing handfuls of spaghetti against the wall, hoping that one of these strands stick on the wall of your heart to say, yeah, yeah, I, I, could, I could do that. I could do that. So Hike for Babies is October 7th. They're gonna be here in a couple weeks. Sign up sheet where you pledge, you have people pledge a certain amount. That's a lot, listen, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Be involved. It's just for a couple hours on a Saturday morning. Last one, I guess we're running out of time. Um, I wanted to touch on Levi's Banquet of Honor. Banquet of Honor, if you're unfamiliar, Levi heads up what we call the Banquet of Honor. We print up Willy Wonka golden tickets for the lack of a better description, but you know what that means. And then we hand them out. We hand them out all over town, 100 of them. Well, actually, I think we hand out more, 400, 500, because we only have room for 100, but only about one in four show up because homeless people don't keep day timers. They don't keep schedules, right? So they, they forget or whatever. So what, what we do then is we get a limousine that evening, we drive around town, we have homeless people climb into the limousine. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun to be in the back of that limousine? You could do that. Just tell Levi you want to work with him. You want to sit at a table with a bunch of people that got a golden ticket and just, they're, they're being treated to a beautiful dinner with no strings attached. That's, that would be Christian. I think Jesus would go and get involved in something like that. So those are things that you can do. Finally, this is important. Let your children see you doing the gospel. Let your children see you doing the gospel. One of the most wonderful things I loved about raising Hannah was she got to go and do everything with me because I only had one kid. When I did hospital visits, let's go, Hannah, we're gonna go down to the hospital. She knew her way around the hospital. I can't tell you how many rubber gloves I blew up into balloons to keep a five-year-old happy. But I think one of the reasons she is who she is today, I take full credit next to the Lord <laughs> and my wife. But she's an, if you know Hannah, you know she's an amazing woman of God. And I think part of that is because she had the gospel demonstrated she was a part of ministry from early on. Well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not saying you gotta be a pastor. I think Aaron and Ariel, did you guys make it to Peoria yesterday? Yeah, okay. On their day off, they go visiting people in the hospital. Uh, they should be on the clock. They should be at church. No, 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 on a Saturday. They drove to Peoria. You know, uh, Bob and Sonia Pershaw, their daughter is pregnant, which we all know. Um, she's got called preeclampsia, which is a, a highfalutin word for high blood pressure, right? Is it, my, the nurse is giving me the concerned, you're a moron look down front. But, but I'm, I'm boiling it down. I'm getting the cookies on the bottom shelf for all of us. So she's got this issue, you know, and she's in the hospital. She's gonna have to be on her back for two months in the hospital. And I said, you get up and walk around? No, I can't get up and walk around because my blood pressure, blah, 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 blah. And so 
I think Addie and JJ are gonna see the gospel demonstrated in mom and dad. This is important. Jesus cared for the physical needs of the hurting and the hungry, and we as his disciples, we should do it too. Proverbs 22, six says, train a child on the way they should go. If they see you doing it, I've used this example before, but it's classic. My dad worked for R.J. Reynolds Tobacco. My dad was a cigarette salesman when I was a kid. And my dad and my mom both smoked like chimneys. My sister can attest. We're going on vacation <coughs> in the back seat. <coughs> Roll the window down, mom and dad. You know? Dad, <coughs> you kids shouldn't smoke. <coughs> Well, you sell cigarettes, Dad, and you have a cigarette in your hand. You're telling me why? Because actions speak louder than words. That's what I'm trying to get a point across today. So I, I have a final story for you, and then I'll let you go home and watch the Bears beat the Packers this afternoon. Aaron is a Packers fan. He, he sent me an emoji this morning after that text went out with, wasn't very nice. I'm just gonna tell you that, it wasn't very nice. So, so there's two, two farmers. I know we don't necessarily live in an agrarian uh, community, although we're very white collar, but you know a farmer. Probably most of you know a farmer. Or you, you know, you understand how all that works. Um, so there's two farmers. The first farmer, God bless his heart, he's amazing. He's got, uh, you know, the, the latest combine. What's the best combine on the market? John Deere. They're saying John Deere. He's, he, he, he says boo to John Deere. He says on your John Deere. What's? Fent. Fent. F-E-N-T? Is that a tractor? All right, we digress. So, so he's got the latest of all that stuff, you know, GPS. GPS, you know how they do GPS now in the tractor, so they know exactly, and then they do soil analysis, so they know it needs more of whatever chemical here than there, and it has it all plotted, and so it, it's, it's miraculous what this stuff does. So he, he has all that stuff, and, and then he uh, reads the latest journals, and, 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 and you ever watch RFD TV? You know what RFD TV is, that rural RF, rural farmer, something or other. It's, a, it's one of those cable channels that they throw in for free because you really, they want to tell you you're getting 50 channels, but you're only getting like seven good ones. So RFD TV is one of those, and I, and I happen to watch a show on RFD, so I'm familiar with that. But this is a farmer, this is a far, these guys are farmers. All we talk about is farming on that channel. And so I pick up a bunch of farmers. Well, he watches RFD TV every night religiously. Praise constantly for just the right weather, just the right sunshine, just the right rain, and uh, it's amazing. Second farmer, he doesn't have the newest equipment. He doesn't read all the books and watch all the media, but he has a much larger crop. And I'll tell you why. It's because he plants seed. The first farmer, I mean, the first Christian, reads all the books and all the journals and watches the TV shows and has all the latest, prays, but never plants any seed. Publican, the sinner, doesn't go in and beat his chest. He hangs his head and says, Lord, have mercy on me. I don't have much. Woe is me, I don't have, but what I do have, I'm gonna do my, am I gonna plant? my seed, to sow, you know in the scripture, I think it's, uh, I'm over time, but it's okay. Uh, it's a, really, it is okay, trust me. No, it's not okay, it is, it's just gonna be just fine. We're, and I think it's Isaiah 61, I'm recalling from memory, where we sow in tears, we sow in tears, you reap in joy. When you sow in tears, sowing in tears, sowing in tears, you're sowing and you're crying and you're watering what it is you're sowing. But why are you crying? It's because your kids are at home and they're hungry. And you're saying, I should actually probably make some bread out of, these, out of this seed, but I can't 
eat all of my seed and expect a harvest next year. I must actively be planting seed so that I will continue to have a harvest so that God has something he can use to bring forth a harvest in my life. I don't know who that was for, but that was extra. (laughs) That was the cherry on top. So the difference between the two farmers is what Ryan preached about last week. The difference between a follower and a believer. I believe, I believe. You you can believe all you want about how to grow grain. Have your beautiful combine. Have your beautiful Bible. Have your beautiful, and know and watch watch all the Christian TV at night. But if you're not planting seed, you're not gonna have a harvest. You're not a follower, you're a believer. You believe, I believe, I believe. I believe that if I planted seed, it would produce harvest. Well, I double dog dare you. Why don't you try and do something about it? Make the actions of your life, watch me smile as I say this, make the actions of your life line up with what you say you believe. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the call. That's the call of this series. This is the call of every Christian. Can you walk your talk? I want to, and I fall short. I mean, right now, if there's no conviction in your life at all, you are dead to Jesus. You know, you're not even a Christian. If this has just bounced off your forehead and landed on the ground in front of you, get saved today. Give your life to Jesus. Have some compassion. You say, man, I am convicted. Great. You know why? Because God convicts those whom he loves. He's saying, listen, here's the point. The preacher's talking about it. He's even saying he's stepping on, I'm stepping on my own toes as I preach it. It's hard. I can trip and fall any moment. But we've got to do it. We've got to be involved and stop Not stop paying other people to do it. It's not an either or, it's a both and. There are things that you can't do. You couldn't go to Guatemala this year, but you helped support some of those other people. Great, continue to do that. But you could do one of these things that I've talked about. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, and he showed kindness to the marginalized. Last verse, Matthew 5, 25 rather. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came and visited me. And then down in verse 40, he actually says, if you do it to them, you've done it to me. Jesus saying, when you do that, when you go do those nice things, you're actually doing it to me. That's the reputation I want for you. That's the reputation I want for me, for this church. That we're not just flapping our gums on a Sunday morning, but we actually do it. Amen? Why don't you stand with me? Kirsten, why don't you come up here, please? Listen, if you're, not, if you're not serving Jesus, if you're not loving Jesus, today's the day to give your life to the Lord. I'm gonna have Kirsten close us in prayer here in just a minute. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're not serving Jesus, This is the day that the Lord has made. You came to the right place. We love you. We're not mad at you. We're not angry at you. Well, I got sin in my life and I got this issue and I got that issue and I'm an alcoholic and I'm a drug addict or I'm I'm a pervert or whatever. Listen, God loves you. All of us, we work through that stuff too. And we still, some of us still got issues. But that's the reason we're here because we realize we're broken. We're just a bunch of hypocrites that figured out that we're hypocrites and we need some help by the grace of God. So if that's you, I'll be down front. You come see me after service. I'd love to pray for you. But if this has found some resonance in your heart today, would you please do more than just take a picture of something on the screen, but call one of those numbers this week. Say, how can I help and get involved? Kirsten, why don't you pray us out today, please? Yeah, so this morning I was reading the scripture where there was a wedding feast and invitations were sent out. And people were too busy to come to the wedding. So this morning, as Eric's preaching, I'm thinking, whoa, what have we put our heart to and our minds to that isn't kingdom? So today, as Eric preached, if you felt a prick, please pay attention to it because it was the invitation to the feast, right? Today, the prick in your heart was the invitation to partner in the kingdom of God or be a part of the wedding feast of the Lamb. 
So let me pray for us because yeah. I just want to take a minute for Holy Spirit. Miles did a great job landing us into worship that we went to a place of rest. We're going to do that one more time before we leave today. So, Father, we just want to posture our hearts and turn our ear because an invitation was made today by the Holy Spirit to each of us. Father, allow us to recall the prick we felt as Eric was preaching. And may we not see it or take the bait of guilt or disqualify ourselves, but be willing to open our hands Thank and release yes. what we are doing that keeps us busy, that keeps us distracted. And may we embrace your invitation to our own hearts today that you're asking us to show up and be Jesus to someone else. So Holy Spirit, this is your job, not mine. But move over our hearts now. Allow us to recall the invitation you made today during the message. And may we not refuse, but may we RSVP. <laughs> Give us hearts to RSVP to Holy Spirit today. Come on. So Father, we thank you that you have grace and you have mercy but that you're chomping at the bit to do life with us and expand the kingdom of God wherever we live. And may Springfield be rocked by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to give somebody a hug before you go home today. God bless you. Thanks for coming. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more information about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.